Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go, wherever you happen to be, wherever you're traveling. We're grateful to have you tuning in. This morning, uh, we're going to take some time as a second uh, part of uh, summer sermon series, the Stone Mason series, and we're going to be looking at uh, our rock and our refuge. Uh, but before we do that, we'd love to have you settle into an attitude of worship as we listen to our anthem entitled Jerusalem. As I mentioned, we're in our second part of a five-part sermon series, the Stone Mason series. You may remember we talked uh, last week about how it's unlikely Jesus was a carpenter. The Greek word for uh, translated for carpenter is tecton. It just means builder. And, and if you know anything about Jesus's teachings and you know anything about uh, where Jesus lived and worked and taught, you know that the uh, primary building material would not have been wood. It would have been stone. And so we're going to look at uh, some of the references to stone in the Bible that Jesus would have been familiar with and in his own teaching. And today 
We're going to look at Psalm 62, where we get this image of God as rock and refuge, an image that Jesus would have recited and prayed as he used uh, the Psalms as his own prayer book. So I want us to begin uh, just by reading this Psalm, Psalm 62. It said uh, that it was a Psalm of David, that's King David, according to Jedithun, who was the um, temple musician or music director at the time of King David. So in verse one, it says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. For God, from God comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you, as you would a leaning wall or a tottering fence? Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in God at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before the Lord. God is a refuge for us. The word of God for the people of God. Let's just take a moment and pray together. Uh, Lord God, we do pray that your spirit, even in this podcast, in this virtual worship medium, might flow and that, that what you desire us to hear and, and receive and know might be imparted to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, you know, we do continue the Stonemason series, and this morning we're going to look at an image of God that, that Jesus, as I said, would have been really well acquainted with. Uh, the Bible contains so very many metaphors for God, you know, the God of the universe, the creator of all that is, the one who's closer to us than our own breathing and, and distant as a father, father of the stars is nearly impossible to fully describe. So what the Bible does is it uses a myriad of images in order to give us a sense, just a sense of the character of the presence of the Almighty. So the Bible says things like God is like a shepherd or a king or a judge or a potter. It says God is a, a father or a woman in childbirth or a bear, a lion, an eagle. At, at one point, it says God is a consuming fire, a brook. You know, each image trying incompletely, but trying to capture some aspect of who God is. Now, while all attempts to describe God are bound to fall short, there's one image that's used more than 40 times in the Old Testament. God is rock. God is rock. In the Psalms, rock is continually used to illustrate the character of God. Jesus would have, as I said, recited the Psalms. He would have prayed to his God, who was as solid and sure and grounding as the rock Jesus worked with as a stonemason. So, Psalm or Song, Hymn 62. Uh, it's attributed to King David and Jedithun, the temple music director, as I mentioned. Um, they're the composer. So, David probably wrote the lyrics and Jedithun put it to music. As a result... David's understanding of rock, because he was composing this, and God as rock is an important for us to consider. You know, we need to understand his perspective because David had rather unique insight into this aspect of God's character. You remember King David, right? Sure. Shepherd boy, then harp player to King Saul. He was also the slayer of giants. He became a really impressive military leader in his own right, became king eventually. He was also an adulterer and a murderer 
and as it turns out, a poet. So if you read through David's story in the Bible, you realize his life was full of uh, the greatest of successes and also the most abased failures. And lest we forget, and maybe you don't remember this, but it's important to call to mind, there was the time during David's rule as king, when he was actually king, that one of his own sons, Absalom, his third son, drove King David away from his throne and out of Jerusalem in what would ultimately prove to be an unsuccessful coup attempt. So throughout David's life, uh, he was rarely on solid footing. He was often uh, fleeing for safety. In verses three and four that you may not have fully understood as we read, uh, even as king, we can tell that David felt assailed by rivals who would undermine his leadership. It, it says in those verses, their only plan, he's talking about those rivals, their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Now, I think what all this meant, of course, is that David was always seeking out God and God's protection. Now, who knows exactly what was going on in the king's court, but at some point in time, David called his director of music ministry, Jedithan, and said, hey, Jed, Jed, I've got this little ditty I need to put to music. My working title, it's Rock and Refuge. And, and I want it to be one of those tunes that once you hear it, you can't get it out of your head because I need it to stick with me. I, I don't want to forget. Jed, this needs to be top 40 material. Now, there's a chorus in this particular psalm or song that's repeated as choruses typically are. In the New Revised Standard Version, which is the one we use in church, it says, God alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. In the NIV or New International Version, it's slightly different. It says, truly, God is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, I shall never be shaken. But in the message translation of the Bible, and I love this one, it says, God is solid rock under my feet. And then it says, breathing room for my soul. God is breathing room for my soul. An impregnable castle, I am set for life. See, for David, rock represented a place of refuge. And because we know quite a bit about David's story from childhood to uh, his death, we've actually got a fairly good idea of what David had in mind with this particular image or metaphor of God. So in the Bible, we have multiple stories of David fleeing to the mountains to hide in rock-hewn caves. It was one of his favorite hiding places when he was uh, on different military campaigns. Now, if you travel through Palestine, you can see countless cave dwellings high up in the mountainside cliffs. When, when David was threatened, when he was on the run, whether it was from the Philistines or from King Saul or from his own son Absalom, he would retreat. He would take shelter. He would seek refuge in one of those mountainside caves, a solid rock dwelling. Those mountain caves, as you might imagine, were incredibly safe locations. They were hard to attack. They were easy to defend. And they could protect one not only from enemies, but also from the elements. A cave is a natural, God-formed fortress. Now, given all the intrigue and plotting in David's kingly court later in life, Psalm 62 suggests that David wanted to find some contemporary version of that shelter he so fondly and faithfully remembered. You see, even kings, even kings need to find refuge from time to time. Do you ever feel that way? In the need of some ability to retreat, to seek some shelter or refuge? You probably do. I do. I mean, we live and communicate and engage our world at this amazingly frenetic pace. We're, we're so completely bound in a virtual web of interconnections, we just can't ever seem to break free. The noise and the pressure of life 
has a way of being both deafening and suffocating. I mean, just think for a moment of, of the demands of work, whatever work might be for you. I mean, e even when work is good, you can hardly keep your office door shut or the computer off. On a good day, uh, you're assailed by a thousand different demands. On a bad day, those demands are deeply irritating and maybe even overwhelming. You long to find a way to protect some time and space for, as the psalmist says, breathing room for your soul. Now, family and home, let's look at those for a moment. Family and home, absolutely wonderful, right? Until they're not. When the tensions run high and tempers flare, when you're shaken and perhaps shaking with frustration and fury as can happen in the home with family, you desperately need to disengage for your own sanity. You wish you could retreat to some version of the psalmist's fortress so that you can just have a few moments to rest and recharge so that you might, you might have a shot at re-engaging the ones you love in more careful and thoughtful ways. And then as, as we age, there, there are challenges there as well. As we age, we can, we can sense a loss of control and influence, right? The kids and grandkids are going to do their own thing, whether we like it or not. The horizon for our own activity and our own mobility seems to shorten year by year. And my word, even a routine doctor's visit comes with its own unsettling possibilities. I mean, who hasn't longed for some solid rock under our feet? You know, David wanted a song. He wanted a song that would remind him of the rock and refuge that he could retreat to when he felt assailed, assaulted, or simply upset. David wanted to be reminded of the strength, the salvation, and the hope that he had always found in God. And it's that idea of being in God that really intrigues me about this image of rock and refuge in the psalm. If, if God is somehow like the rock-hewn caves David would escape to throughout his life, then that's an image not just of connecting with God, not just being in God's presence. It's the idea of dwelling within God. I mean, think about that, being completely enveloped by God as if you were in a sacred stone cave. God as rock and refuge is an image of dwelling inside the very being of the Almighty. I mean, what, what an amazing metaphor. Resting secure within God. I love that. Now, the question, of course, is how do we find our way in? How do we find our way into God? Now, uh, when I travel through the mountains of Palestine, I, I see, as I say, these countless cave dwellings. They're everywhere. Now, it clearly takes effort to get up to one of those caves, but people have been making that ascent for centuries. So getting into one of those places of refuge is more than possible. And you know what? Finding shelter inside God is possible too. It's been done for centuries. It does. It does take some effort, but the refuge we desire is accessible. In fact, like those countless cave dwellings in Palestine, finding an entry point into God, it's not all that challenging. I mean, entry points are everywhere. It's really summoning the resolve, right? Summoning the resolve, finding the time to make the effort is typically our issue. How do you get into God? Well, perhaps the final verse of this section of scripture might be a key. And if you look at verse 8 in Psalm 62 later, uh, consider it. How do we make our way into our God who is our rock and refuge? Well, first, the psalmist says we can decide to put our trust in God. Just commit to trusting. I mean, those worries that so often unsettle you, offer them up to the Lord. And then choose, make a decision, choose to trust that God's going to take care of it somehow. Literally pray, say, Lord, uh, this is what's worrying me. I'm handing it over to you and then walk away from it. You know, trust in God more than in your own ability to figure everything out. 
Second thing, and the psalmist is clear about this. Psalmist says, pour your heart out to God. Pour your heart out to God. That means, that means pray your heart out. Converse with the Lord. Share, share everything that's on your heart with God, the good, the bad, the ugly. I'll tell you, I promise you, pouring your heart out really does bring the peace you so often long for. And then third in that verse, understand that God is a refuge. God desires to be your refuge everywhere and anywhere. So close your door to your office or close the door to your favorite room in the house. Turn off your computer for a moment. Put the tablet down. Put the phone away for a bit. Shelter, right? Shelter some of your time and space from the demands of the world and your work and your family place upon you. Retreat. It's not a bad word. It's an essential word. Retreat. Allow your soul some time to wait for God in silence. Now, it's not a particularly novel idea, okay? There's nothing new here, but it is something we need to be reminded of. We need to be reminded of the availability of our rock and refuge God. And what I love is that apparently David needed to remember too. So David and Jedithan wrote a song about it. Turned out to be a hit. Psalm 62 has been read and recited and sung for almost 3,000 years. We read it this morning. One translation of Dave and Jed's timeless classic concludes this way, and I want you to hear these words. This is the message translation. It says, my help and glory are in God, granite strength, safe harbor God. So trust God absolutely, people. Lay your lives before him. God is a safe place to be. That song was essential for David. Uh, Jesus would have known that song by heart, and it can be our song too. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we know that the Psalms, the book of Psalms, were uh, Jesus' prayer book, Hebrew prayers, hymns, songs that spoke the truth of life, the painful and joyous truth of life. Every emotion, Lord God, that is felt is present in the Psalms. And the images of you are abundant and helpful. So we pray that you would allow us to really meditate this week on what it would mean for us to be within you, for you to be our rock and our refuge, to dwell within you for a time, to be restored, to be renewed, to be revitalized. Help us make our way in. Help us with the resolve, Lord, to, to make the time, to create the space, to be with you, within you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, we will look forward to uh, next week and next week's sermon series as we continue the Stonemason series. But until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.